Make sure I have my uh, my uh, marker in the right place. And what we were studying on a Sunday morning, we left off, I believe. One of the last scripture verses we read was in uh, 
Hebrews 6, 4, 8. Hebrews 10, 26 to 29. Was it Proverbs 29, 1? You have those in your notes? Was it underneath the reprobate man? The overcoming man, okay. Oh, okay, okay. Ephesians 4, okay. Okay, I, did, I was in the right place, but I was just in the wrong side of the page. Just let me, uh, since we're going to be coming to the end of this study, we're talking about the two natures and the seven types of men. Two natures and the seven types of men. The two natures, as we started out with, are the flesh and the spirit. Is that correct? Okay. Seven types of men. Of course, we, we begin with the natural man. Is that right? And from the natural man, we went to the repented man. And then from the repented man to the born-again man. And the born-again man has two choices. He can continue to go on with God. Or if he doesn't, what happens? He, be, he becomes the carnal man if he chooses not to follow God becomes a carnal man. Is that right? Yep. And then from the carnal man, it goes to the reprobate man. So things never get better. We can make that, well, it's not an assumption, it's truth, but we can make that evaluation that if we don't seek God in our lives, if we hold back from seeking God, you will become a reprobate man. A reprobate man. But if we choose to seek God and follow after Him, we become an overcoming man. Is that what we're discussing? An overcoming man. The overcoming man crucifies the flesh with its affections and lust and by the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God cuts off the branches of carnality which would sap the life of the tree and destroy its spirituality. This pruning process must continue or the old nature will sprout out when least expected. Amen. And if we do that, if we choose, uh, did we read 1 Corinthians 9, 26-27? Yes. Okay. Yes. Ephesians 4, 22-24 was our last scripture verse. Is that correct? Yes. Okay. Just making sure if you turn with me to the book of Romans chapter 7 
the book of Romans chapter 7. Uh, yes, we're we're just we're we're coming into the point where we're finishing up with the overcoming man, the overcoming man. In Romans chapter seven, verse number eleven, it says, "For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me." How many of you ever knew before you came to the Lord what it was to be able to live a life free from sin? How many of you ever knew that? I'm asking everybody. Nobody ever knew that. That's true. None of us knew it. None of us understood or even had a clue about righteousness. I'm not talking about our righteousness. I'm talking about His righteousness. We didn't have a clue. Before we knew God, we didn't know what it was. Here's the thing. We we didn't know what it was to be spiritual. Because sin pretty much dominated our lives, dictated our lives. We were sinful. We lived in sin. We always disobeyed. We always transgressed. I like one of the definitions of sin that's going beyond the limitations, the bounds. We do that when we're living in sin. We go beyond. When we know there's a certain point that we should stop at, we don't stop there. We go beyond. And that's what, you know, he talks about, forgive us this day our trespasses. (laughs) Because we have trespassed. We've all gone beyond the limit when we're living in sin. But we never knew or understood anything about living for God. All of us were ignorant of that. And we were dead spiritually. We didn't have any inkling of what it was to walk in the Spirit. We were dead to God. Dead to God. And so we lived in sin. So Paul's talking about that. And, and even though we may have had some kind of connection with the scripture, and it gave us an, an you know insight about what it was to to somehow believe in God and everything, there was always that resistance. Sin taken occasion by the commandment. That's what he's talking about. Deceive me and by it slew me. Even though maybe in our mind we thought, maybe, you know, had an idea. Did you realize this? A lot of people that don't have the Holy Ghost, they may have an idea, but they can't attain to His righteousness because they don't have the Spirit of God. (laughs) They want to be like Him. But you can't be like Him. You can't uh, copy Him. (laughs) A lot of people are trying to copy Jesus. And they can't copy him. Trying to be like him. They can't be like him. Without the spirit. Without his spirit. And uh, you see that. And people try. They attempt to. But it's no good. Because the flesh always tends to get in the way. The flesh. 
And I know some of you are probably saying, oh, he, let's quit talking about the flesh. <laughs> that pretty much that pretty much sheds the light on on probably pretty much every one of us in here because we're all flesh. Well, you know, we're we're mortal beings. We're not immortal yet. But the thing is, and this is this is why I, I felt to, to do this Bible study is because we need to understand what it is that area in us, in our being that we're we always confront them. A lot of the times we lose the battle. Is because we're allowing the flesh to overcome our will or his will. Jesus said something now. Think about this. He said, he told his disciples, he said, The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Our spirit is always willing. We're always willing. We agree. Our spirit agrees with God, His Word, and everything. We agree. The Spirit is always willing, but He said, the flesh is weak. The flesh is weak. That part of us is always gets to that point where we just seem to stop there. We just, you know, we have a certain extent that we go to. And once we get to that extent, we stop and we don't want to go any further. You, you ask yourself the question now, listen to me, this is important. You ask yourself the question why it is, and it's because of that. Amen. Did you realize that you can, you can go further in the things of God? And I don't care how much the devil lies to you and says you can't, you can. But remember this, as we study this, and Paul said... There's no good thing in our flesh. Your flesh will always hold you back. And, and here's something interesting. We have overcome sin. And the only way we've overcome it is by the blood of Jesus. Once we understood what it was that we can, amen, overcome sin, defeat sin, we took Amen. We took the steps of obedience and we were baptized in Jesus' name. Of course, we repented. We, we had a change of heart, a change of mind. We, we did an about face, so we obeyed God's word. We, 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 we did what we needed to do to deal with the sin in our lives. And once we've took, taken care of it, then from that point on, it was up to us to try to maintain, just to try to... Amen. Do what we could to maintain our spiritual life, our spiritual well-being. But here, here's the problem. We're still flesh. And so we wake up with that mentality. You're, you're struggling, and that's what Paul's talking about here. That back and forth, back and forth. You all know what I'm talking about. You all know what I'm talking about. The old flesh. And so we struggle with that, and... and that's the reason why he addresses it the way he does. He says, wherefore the law is holy, the commandment holy, just, and good. Was in that which is good made death unto me? God forbid. But sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful. Guess what? Sin is no good. That's that's why we have the Word of God. The Word of God helps us to identify. Shines the light. And so 
Amen. So we understand this. All the sins that are, uh, all the sins that are that are uh, brought to light in the Scripture, all those sins, Amen. Because of the Word of God, uh, helps us to see that, Amen. Sin is not good for us. Sin is not good. So he said, and that's what he had said, that by the commandment might be become exceeding sinful. Sin is not good. Remember, here's the bottom line of sin. The wages of sin is death. Sin always brings death. More death. More death. You ever wonder why people have a problem when they backslide? The more they sin, the, the more they don't want to live for God. Here's something really amazing. And, and maybe you haven't really noticed it by now. Maybe you're not aware of this. But God has dealt with a lot of things in our lives. I'm including myself. <laughs> I'm not exempt. <laughs> he's dealt with a lot of things in our lives. He's, he's brought to light a lot of things that we have in our hearts and in our minds. The way we think and even in our spirit. Certain things that we know that this is the area that we need to address, that we need to confront in our lives. This is what hinders us. And, and you know, uh, here's the thing. We may have dealt with sin. We may have been washed in Jesus' name. We may not commit sin. We may not, you know, knowingly go out there and, and, and drink and cuss and fornicate and all that stuff. Lie, all that stuff, all that thing. We may not knowingly do that. And we say to ourselves, I'm doing really good. But here's the thing. Sometimes the devil will deceive us. Because when we stopped it, we can say, well, I don't do drugs no more. But, but here's the thing. You might feel good about that. You might feel comfortable about it. But here's the thing. Are you prayed up? Huh? Are you doing God's will? Because if he can't, if he, if we've overcome sin in that respect, but here we are, it's easy for us to kind of ease back into our comfort zone in our flesh and our carnal mind, and and we say, oh, I'm doing good because I'm going to church, but yet you're not prayed up. Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Uh, and I'm not trying to condemn you. So if you feel guilty already, that's not my purpose. God's just doing his job, that's all. <laughs> uh, you can tell when it, when it hits because everybody gets quiet. <laughs> but here's the thing. The Lord's eliminated all those things. He's taking care of them. He's put them under the blood. If he's put them under the blood, keep them under the blood. Don't let them surface. Don't let them come back. Don't let them get a hold of you. Keep it under the blood. That part of you that, amen, that you know you struggle with and you know God can help you to overcome, amen, whatever it is. As we study, there's only one sin that you cannot ask forgiveness for. So if you haven't gone there, you have nothing to worry about. God will help you. And so the Lord has eliminated some of those things, he's, he's taken them, he's removed them, and he's been pumping us up with the word. He's been bringing the word, and he's been bringing it to us, and we're listening to it, and, and we're, 
we're saying, okay, Lord, that's what I need to do. And so we're, what we're doing is we're, we're submitting ourselves to it. Hallelujah. Some of you learned that finally. Oh, man. Feels good to raise my hands. Feels good to clap. Feels good to worship God. Feels good to dance. Feels good to run. Feels good to jump. Amen. The truth shall make you free. Amen. So we, we feel that. We feel good for it. And God's brought you to that place. And now look, look at what we're experiencing. I tell you what. There's a big difference, isn't there? And so we see that. That's why it's important for us. So, so we understand that. So, so as he says there, uh, uh, verse number 14, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal, sold under sin. The law is spiritual. The law is spiritual. Everybody say the law is spiritual. But I am carnal, sold under sin. Remember, that's the two natures we're talking about. So he says, for, for what, for that which I do, I allow not. So, so just to kind of help you to understand what he's saying here. He said, the things <clears throat> that I should do, the good things, I allow not. Remember, Jesus said, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Those good things that we want to do, we don't allow. We don't, you know. For that which I do, I allow not. For what I would, that do I not. In other words, you know, those things that I, I, I should be doing, I don't do them. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is, that is good. Now then, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. So that's what sin does. That's why we have to take care of sin in our lives. Sin does that. The motions of sin, as Paul was talking about. Uh, uh, for I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. That struggle... That struggle. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. You see that? Does that, does that make sense to you? Yep. Now, if I do that, I would not. It is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. There's a reason why. Remember that connection. Our flesh. I find in the law that when I would do good, evil is present with me. For I delight in the law of God after the inward man. But I see another law in my members worn against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. O wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from the body of this death? I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with the mind I am my self serve the law of God but with the flesh the law of sin so that's just kind of he's identifying what it is that's that struggle you and I have in this flesh he's identifying what it is that's what's happening right now that's what's taking place even though we may not
be living in deep sin, guess what? Carnality is something that can really get a hold of us. And Hallelujah. All the little dynamics that amen that are there that are manifest all those little things all the little you know disagreements and stuff we have why is it <laughs> why is it so we're identifying it doesn't have anything to do with God those things don't have anything to do with God. But they have everything to do with the flesh, what Paul was talking about in Galatians 5. They have everything to do with the flesh. When there's any, amen, resistance like that to God's will, to obeying the Spirit, that's, you need to realize the flesh is at work. Amen. Praise God. And so that's something that you and I, right now, I believe this, and I don't think anybody in here really is to the point right now where they're devil possessed. But you know what? The devil would like to control your life. Yep. The devil would like to trip you up and cause you to fall. You got to be careful. So, but the thing is, we, we're at that point right now where we, we need to understand this. We need to identify this. So when that happens, when we start to manifest those things that come up, I mean, there's so many of them, uh, Paul talks about that in, in Colossians chapter 5. We read that. There's 17, amen, 17 uh, characteristics of the flesh. That's only in that scripture. There's more in the, in the, in the other scripture. Could, can you imagine that? The works of the flesh. And there's so much to it. And then when we see those things kind of surface a little bit, surface and then causes us to, you know, we, we, we give into it and then and when things happen, that's... Whew. There's a beautiful scripture verse in the book of Psalms. Mark the upright man. Mark the upright man and, and the just man because the end of that man is peace. When we've come to that point in our spirit where we're growing in the spirit, guess what's going to happen? We're going to manifest the fruit of the Spirit. One of those manifestations is peace. And if we walk in the Spirit, that's what's going to happen. We're going to see that. And that's what's going to be evident in our lives. And so when, whenever we see these things start to surface, we need to understand, like Paul said, you know what? And I'll paraphrase. He said this in 1 Corinthians. He said, because there's arguing and fighting and all this among you. He said, you're not spiritual. You're Babes, you're carnal. You're babes. Hallelujah. <laughs> let me let me just put something to rest here. The only way you can be spiritual is if you have the Holy Ghost. Amen. <laughs> if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you're not spiritual. You're just a carnal person. <laughs> I'm saying that because I want you to understand. I want you to know. That's why it's important for us to be prayed up in the Holy Ghost. That's why it's important for us to be seeking the Holy Ghost. We, well, I've had the Holy Ghost for so No, no, no. Seeking it all the time. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm 
I'm still talking about overcoming. I'm still addressing these things. So we see that here. So Paul kind of comes to that conclusion that with the mind I serve the Lord and uh, amen. Uh, with the flesh I serve sin. You notice he said that? Verse 25, look at the way he says it. He says, my mind. You notice something? What's absent here? He's making that conclusion as a human being. But he's making that conclusion. What he's trying to get us to understand is this. He said, with my mind. How many of you are trying to serve the Lord in your mind? Huh? Your mind only. Not in your spirit. Because what's that? What's lacking here? He's not talking about his spirit. He's talking about his mind. That's the, that's the place we are when, we're, when we struggle. When we struggle with trying to be Christ-like. When we struggle with trying to be Christians. Guess what? You can't serve him in your mind. That's why he said those things that I want to do. I can't do them. Why? I'm just right up here. So he says that there's that struggle. So with my mind, he says, I thank God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. So then with the mind, I may serve the law of God, but with the flesh, the law of sin. So he's making that. He's helping us to see that. But here's the thing. Then he goes on and says, therefore, there is now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So here we see here. Here's, here's the answer to the dilemma we have. This is the answer to our struggle. To walk in the spirit. Amen. Ever wonder why it is sometimes you feel condemnation? Great peace have they that love my law. And nothing shall offend them. Sometimes it's really hard to minister the word of God. <laughs> I say that because, because sometimes you can just say something people go. You would be surprised. Especially ones that you think should be spiritual. And they get mad. What did we learn? What did we learn not too long ago? Because we're saying to ourselves, uh, man, you know, I, I really want to grow. I really want to, I really want to uh, abound and I really want to increase in the things of God. I want to, I want to get from, you know, where I am right now. I want to go higher in the things of God. But why is it, you know, why is it that it just can't seem to get past that point? And you know, we think about that. Why is it? Why is it we're always there at that same place, that same uh, level we are? Uh, praise God. And you think, why is it? Just can't seem. And the reason why it is because we haven't fully comprehended or we haven't fully applied ourselves to what God is trying to speak to us through his word. So as a result, guess what? We don't grow. As a result, we don't become fruitful in the spirit. 
So that's why we're always there. So that's why the word always comes around, back around again. And it always seems to be, amen, the same thing he's always telling us. Amen. And you hear that. You hear that reaction. Oh, I wish pastor would quit preaching about that. Well, it's not me preaching. It's the Holy Ghost preaching. Amen. And God will, will quit preaching about it if you can get it right. If you can take that word and ingest it and apply it to your life and get it right, then you can move. Like Paul said, that you're not able to eat strong meat because you're babes yet. And we wonder why it is. Oh, man. He's been preaching that same message for the past six months now. Well, why is it? Well, obviously, we haven't eaten like we should be eating. Oh, by the way, I found. Uh... Oh, she's gone. Okay, all right. Amen. I found uh... Uh, Silas is passy. It's binky. You know what a binky is used for? <laughs> Why do you moms use a binky? You know what I'm talking about? Pacify that pacifier, yeah. Pacifies. Quiets them down. Pick that little thing up and right away. They get happy. Well, I'm I'm sorry to say I don't have any binkies up here. I don't know where you lost them, but they're gone. They should be gone. You show them little guys that binky, it just seems like you solved all their problems. <laughs> Praise God. I'm talking about overcoming. I'm talking about overcoming. Because that's what we need to do. We need to overcome this. If we have overcome the world, if we have overcome sin, then we need to overcome this. And this is the point I really believe that a lot of People struggle with. They struggle with this right here. This is what stops you. I mean, if you really knew what was going on right now, you would be seeking God. There would be nothing stopping you. There would be no excuse. Huh? You would be seeking God. Oh, I need the Holy Ghost. Can't live without it. You would be seeking the Holy Ghost until you get it. Then once you get it, guess what? You would still be seeking the Holy Ghost. Amen. Praying like there's going to be no tomorrow. See, that's the that's how serious this is, and and for us to be dealing with these things and to to be moving on and to be you know developing in our spiritual growth. Hallelujah. Felt that because I love to move on to certain things. I love to, to man. I tell you what, there's some beautiful things in the Word of God. We could ever get there. Praise God! But that's what we need to do. So, like I said, the overcoming man crucifies the flesh with its affections and lust, and by the sword of the Spirit, the Word of God, and cuts off the branches of carnality. Cuts them off. Amen. 
So we do that. We overcome. Guess what we're going to become? A new creature. A new creation. You notice that word that I'm saying? N-E-W. New. 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 A new creature in Christ. A new creation. A new nature. Ooh, a new nature. So if we cut off, we do all this, the new nature will now grow and we will become a spiritual man. And the fruit of the Spirit will be manifested in us. So, so you think about that. You think about that. John chapter 15, the Gospel of John chapter 15. We're talking about the new nature. John chapter 15, verses 4 uh, through 8. It says, look what it says. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch, and is withered, and men gathereth them and cast them into the fire, and they are burned. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Woo! Herein is my Father glorified, that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples, that we bear much fruit. Bear much fruit. One of my favorite passages of Scripture I always remember this. Psalms chapter 1, verse number 1. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Wow. I tell you what, there's... There's... And incentive, there's a, a reward in living for God. And, and we need to understand that. But if we if we continue, if, if we are if we abide in him, this is this is what's going to happen. We're going to be able to, he said, he said, we're gonna bring forth fruit in its in it, in the seasons. Uh, Jeremiah 
chapter 17. Jeremiah 17. It's a good thing I wore a t-shirt tonight. But I have thin socks on so my feet are freezing. Jeremiah 17, verse number 8. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh. Wow. <laughs> Think about that. That's why I really believe if, 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 we're, if we're supposed to abide in him, we're supposed to abide. He's, he's the vine, and we're supposed to abide in him. We're the branches, and we're, we're supposed to abide in the vine. You know what this is right here? Here's the vine. If we abide in him. It's interesting. Uh, I remember doing a, a, a study on longevity and, and, you know, talking about healthy, uh, uh, healthy minds, healthy hearts, healthy bodies. And they're doing a study on longevity. What? You know, people that live a, a long time. Of course, you know what? You'd be surprised that, you know, how life is short for a lot of people. I mean, man, you're looking at in the 40s where a lot of people die in their 40s. Wow. And a lot of things having to do with that, dying in the 40s and, and obviously not taking care of themselves. And then, you know, you have that span in between 40s and 50s and 60s. But that's the lifespan of a lot of people, and that's that to me. That's a short life. But they were they were talking about some of the ones that made it past the seventies and into the eighties, and some even as far as the nineties. And, and they were saying, what was it that made a big difference? And and of course, they're looking at their eating habits and the way they lived and all this kind of stuff. And that basically was, you know, part of it. But here. The ones that lived a long life, you know what the, the secret to their long life was, the longevity? They, and, and it was a good percentage of them, guess what they did? They attended church. <laughs> so they came to the conclusion, church does help you. You want to live a long life? Come to church. I'm, I'm plugging for Jesus. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and, sh and shall not see when heat cometh, but her leaves shall be green, and it shall not be careful in the year of drought. Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. So encounter uncertainties, heat, heat, trial, tribulation, adversity, whatever it is, heat, heat, heat. Guess what? We're still going to be fruitful. Wow. That's amazing, isn't it? Think about what God can do for us. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. We're going to take a big jump here. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 9 through 16. Amen. It says this, but as it is written, am I in the right place? I am as it is written. I hath not seen, nor ear heard, 
neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. <laughs> wow. What a challenge here. We haven't really we haven't really seen we haven't really seen the possibilities. We haven't seen. We haven't we haven't gotten a glimpse of the spiritual things. We get enough glimpses of the carnal things of this world. Our minds are just saturated with worldly things we see out there. We get enough of that. We know what's all in there, but we haven't really seen the spiritual things. Wow. Goes right down to what does the Bible say? Jesus says, the pure in heart shall see God. The only way that you're going to see God, really see God, is your spirit is in a place where you're dealing with a lot of these things that hinder us. And we talk about sin and all that kind of stuff. And even your mind, even your thinking, even the way you see things, if all you can see is nothing but negative, darkness, that's all you're going to see. But if you can eliminate from your being all these things that you know are not really, amen, beneficial to us, and we walk in the Spirit and through the Word of God, we, we see things through His Word, guess what? You're going to see spiritual things. The pure in heart shall see God. You know why? The Bible says the Word of God purifies us, amen. washes us, cleanses us. So as it washes away all the filth of sin, and even of our flesh. Guess what? Then we'll be able to see clearly. Hallelujah. So that's something. Can you imagine it? We haven't even seen anything yet. Ooh, hoo, hoo. Hallelujah. 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 I got a good glimpse of heaven. When I was a babe in the Lord. Me and my wife did. We got a good glimpse of heaven. We knew what heaven was like when we walked into revival services. And boy, God was moving. We got, a, we got a good glimpse of heaven was like and all the potential that the people of God had if they allowed heaven to come into their environment. We got a good glimpse of that. We've seen, amen, people healed. Impossible things happen. We got a good glimpse of heaven. We've seen the spiritual enter the material world. We got a good glimpse of heaven. Ooh, there's some of you sitting in here. Here's the thing. I, I, I feel a burden. I feel a burden. There's some of you sitting in here that are afflicted yet in your bodies. But you know what? You've accepted that. You've accepted that. I accept this condition. Huh? Yes, you have. Because if you really want to put your trust in God, you would believe God and let God heal you of that. Praise God. 
That's what that's what we need to see. That's what we need to experience. I'm not I'm not trying to make you feel uncomfortable or make you feel any way. I'm just talking to you about the kingdom of heaven. That's all I'm saying. Come to that place where we can allow God to. Ooh, man, I tell you what. So he says, I have not seen, neither has ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his spirit, for the spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the spirit of man which is in him. Oh, yes, we know. We know what, amen, you know, that that world, that life is like, don't we? we, we we've lived that way. Amen. All our lives. Even so, uh, it was it say, uh, even so the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Which things also we, we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. But he that is spiritual judgeth all things. Yea, he himself is judged of no man. For who hath known the mind of the Lord, that he may instruct him? He's, but we have the mind of Christ. So, so you think about that. Think about that. Uh, Ephesians chapter 3. I think we're going to get done this evening. Ephesians chapter 3. Hallelujah. My, my. And verse number, uh, verse number 20, it says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly, above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. Wow. He's able to do exceeding abundantly. Exceeding abundantly. Chapter 5, verse number 18. Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Be filled with the Spirit. Praise God. Be filled with the Spirit. 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse number 4. It says, Ye are of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. My. So the spiritual man is constantly pressing onward, never feeling that he has already attained. You think about that. You think about that. 
Go with me to Ephesians, the book of Ephesians. Um, excuse me, Philippians. <laughs> I was looking at Ephesians. Philippians chapter chapter 2. Amen. And look what it says here. Amen. And we're familiar with this passage of Scripture. In verse number 12 it says, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now more, much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling, for it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. My. Philippians chapter 3. And look what he says here. In chapter 3 verse number. Seven, it says, But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and I count all things but lost for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ, of, of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but, but dung, that I may win Christ. My. All you young people, what you can, what you can accomplish, achieve in your life right now, you're you have an advantage. Even you young adults, all of us actually speaking to all of us, not just the young people, but we have an advantage. We, we're here, and we've got, we know the truth. We understand salvation. We've experienced the greatest thing any person could ever experience in their life. There's nothing like this. Amen. And to be able to, to really seek God, as Paul is talking about here, he said, that I may win Christ. And verse number 8, he says, And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. So look what he says, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. You know, see, that's the problem. Here's the problem with us. The power of his resurrection. If we really, when we talk about the power of his resurrection, we're talking about, guess what? That new life. That new life. How can we experience new life if we don't learn how to crucify the flesh? Because in order to experience resurrection, we have to crucify the flesh. Amen. And that's what Paul's talking about. All these things. Everything I ever even amounted to in my life. And guess what? He was a Pharisee. He kept the law, but he said, I counted all these things but dumb. Why? Because I wanted to know him. Amen. The power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. Yes, there's times we do suffer. Amen. For the cross of Jesus Christ. Being made conformable unto his death. If any by if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Do you ever realize that? 
Sometimes we go through these things because you know what God wants to do? <clears throat> he wants to deliver us from sin and from carnality, from these things we struggle with. Why? So we can experience resurrection. So that we can have, we can have the new life. I guarantee you that God, amen, will, will quicken Quicken himself in you. If you understand that concept, that principle of crucifixion, he will quicken himself in you so that you know, will know what it's like to live that resurrected life. Praise God. To, to, to walk in newness of life. So he says, if by, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead, that we can attain unto the resurrection of the dead. That we can be resurrected from what? From the dead. From, from living. Amen. In that realm of sin. He's talking about the dead. He's talking about sin. Because when we live in sin, we're dead to God. Hallelujah. Not as though I had already attained. Either we're already perfect. But I follow after if that I may be apprehended that for which also I am apprehended of Christ Jesus. In other words, he's saying, I haven't gotten there yet. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. If in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal even this unto you. So, so you think about it. You think about that. Everybody gets blown away. At, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God. We go, oh. And, and you know what it, simply it is? It's just a life of walking in the Spirit. Yeah. Huh? From this realm to this realm. Guess what? We've been born from above, haven't we? Amen. And people go, oh, I don't know if I can do that. All you have to do is pray through. <laughs> so once we do that, man, I tell you what. Hallelujah. I feel, I feel sometimes I feel sad, sad for a lot of people because they do not understand. They do not understand. And, 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 you, and, and you know, we try, we try to enlighten through the scriptures so that people can understand. This is, this is Bible salvation. This is the common salvation. This is the only way to be saved. There's not several ways. And a lot of people believe that way, but there's not. There's only one faith. There's only one Lord. There's only one spirit. There's only one body. People don't understand that. But when you try to enlighten them, you try to impart some scripture to them, it's, it's hard for them. You know why? Because they're trying to perceive things through the natural man, through that understanding. They just can't. You know what that's like, don't you? We've been there before. We didn't understand it. But after we've received the Holy Ghost, guess what? Boom! My. So remember, 
the two natures remember you determine which type of man you're going to be what kind of man you're going to be what kind of woman you're going to be you determine that remember you can you can stay in the flesh you can live in the flesh or you can walk in the spirit and if you walk in the spirit guess what you're going to overcome you're going to overcome you're going to bear fruit so remember that you could be the natural man we were the natural man we became the repentant man and then the, the born again man but from that point on unless you choose to walk with god if you don't you'll become a carnal man and then pretty soon a reprobate man but if you choose to walk with god you're going to be an overcoming man and an overcoming man becomes a spiritual man. So you think about that. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Think about that. Because that's what God wants to do for us. That's what God wants to do for us. Amen, amen, amen. Hallelujah, hallelujah. So the choice is ours. The choice is ours. Hallelujah. Thank you very much, everybody, for your presence here, for coming to the house of God. Remember the... the <clears throat> Friday. Josiah's graduation uh, gonna be here from at six. At six. Okay. The graduation's at 1.30. 1.30, okay. So they're having the reception here Saturday, Josiah's graduation. Man. Okay. 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 We still need tomatoes and any help. Any kind of help. Thank you very much. God bless one another. Greet one another. You're all dismissed in Jesus' name.